Let me start off with a quick apology that there's been no episode or newsletter in the last few weeks. Unfortunately, I picked up a very unpleasant bug on my travels to my niece's wedding. My recovery has been slow and it's still ongoing. And But my priority has also been getting started in a new professional role. However, I'm back. When people are asked what their greatest fears are, we expect to hear answers like spiders, public speaking, killer clowns, and death. Well, one answer that doesn't come up so often is making calls, especially sales calls. And yet, most business owners, entrepreneurs don't want to make them. Sales team managers often struggle getting their team to make the calls that they're hired for. So, what's going on? That's what we're going to talk about in this week's episode of Podfluence. Stay tuned. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Someone who I love to follow and hope to invite to be on Podfluence at some point is Vanessa Van Edwards, who has several great books about understanding and improving communication, as well as becoming more persuasive. I saw something in her LinkedIn feed, which you can see in the newsletter. I swiped the image and felt inspired to write about it. So if you want to see the image, you're going to have to go to the newsletter. Unfortunately, I can't put it in the show notes. In my work and business, I've noticed that I've had a general and usually irrational fear of making calls, which isn't helpful when you need to when you need to pick up the phone and follow up with people. It's especially not great if you're in the business of high ticket program sales. Now, since I've started a new position that requires me to make outbound sales calls, and I know that when I first started doing this kind of work, I had so much call resistance. I thought I would share some of the lessons and insights that I've had and that I've been led to through coaching and why I believe that we can all benefit from making more calls. Perhaps most importantly, I want to share how I overcame my call resistance. Now, the first thing I'll say here is that the reason I believe this to be so important for coaches and speakers is that so much more can be achieved from a conversation than you can from an email or a text exchange, and usually in far less time. Also, if you are growing your business, you are going to need to get over any call resistance, especially if you are working remotely. Text and emails are great. They're a really good tool and often really helpful but they shouldn't become a replacement for making calls whenever possible. Examples of times that you ideally want to get in a call with someone are things like following up with a lead or a new inquiry about your products and services, checking in with people who have previously bought your products and services, reaching out for keynote speaker and workshop bookings, contacting a referral from an active or past client or customer, advancing a chat from direct messaging or online, and perhaps more obviously for coaches, running coaching sessions, which we perhaps more commonly do in Zoom. Call resistance can even still come up in those situations, and it's a hindrance to being able to operate your business effectively and to take care of things quickly. Most of us would prefer to send a text message or an email, or even to chat through direct messaging services like WhatsApp, than to actually get on the phone. Personally, I think the biggest issue tends to be one around what will I say? when they're going to say when they pick up the phone. With emails and messages, we at least have the opportunity to think about it and think about what we want to say and how we want to say it. Even if we don't take advantage of that or perhaps we end up overthinking it, that opportunity is still there. We also panic sometimes about the uncertainty of the response we'll get. 
Emails and SMS messages are easy to ignore. But even when someone phones you, if the number is unrecognized, there are still many people who won't answer. But there are always a percentage who will. Now, I have no idea what that percentage is, but I reckon it's fairly low. Anyone who's ever had to make sales calls can tell you that there are some crazies out there and there are some people who are rude beyond belief. But they are few and far between. Most people function with at least some level of politeness and they employ the social niceties that we need in order to have a functioning society. I can really only think of two times in the last year out of thousands of sales calls where people have perhaps been a bit of an asshole or a bit crazy on the phone. And somehow I survived it. Now, another likely barrier here is just our general unwillingness to suck at something. Most people are not naturally good at making sales calls. The difference between those who are and those who wish they were is probably more often a willingness to be able to go through making the mistakes and having bad calls and learning from them. The conscious competence stage of making sales calls or any professional calls, I reckon, is reasonably quick for most people because we already know most of the elements instinctively we just need a bit of structure and practice around it. So the three main resistance points I'm identifying here are one, stress about what to say and how to say it. Two, fear of the unknown or being able to handle unpleasant calls. And three, unwillingness to, to be bad at something and to keep doing it until you get good at it. Let me be clear here that in no way do I consider myself an expert in this area. I'm just a guy who's been practicing and overcoming his own core resistance and hoping that that experience is beneficial to you too. Sales experts and long-term professionals may have some different conclusions and insights. Much of this is based on my own experience rather than any specific or long-term or detailed research. I will add here though that there is a thing about how much we have come to associate telesales and mystery calls with scams, and we definitely need to keep that in mind. It's why we should always be able to back up what we say and to demonstrate what we do but that is not really what comes first. The first thing, if you're making potential calls to clients or customers, is, is to discover if they have a problem with whatever you're potentially able to help them with. To overcome the three main resistance points, and this is what has been my own experience born out here, there are three things we can do to help ourselves out. One is to take a few moments to plan what you want to say, and if helpful, create some bullet points. If you're making a lot of the same kinds of calls, it is worth creating and practicing a script, but not actually using it on the calls because it probably won't sound natural and people can get very attached to scripts. Don't let that become a crutch for you. It's okay to take some pauses on a call and to think about what you want to say next. It's actually very powerful as pauses are often taken as an indication of confidence so long as you don't fill up the gaps with ums and ahs. Secondly, stay awake to the reality that most people are at the very least polite, if not nice. Try to take a step back from anyone who is confrontational or rude. Take a deep breath, and if they're getting personal with you, hang up. If they're making you uncomfortable, it's okay to say that, to label the emotional state, such as, you seem angry, or you seem upset, or you seem frustrated, and give them the opportunity to correct that. And quite often people will. Most importantly, remember, it's not about you. There is no good reason for somebody to answer the phone being rude or potentially even bullying. Thirdly, put mistakes into their proper perspective. They're not the opposite of success. This isn't just in sales, this is everywhere. Mistakes are not the opposite of success. 
They are an essential part of success. You're not going to get good at this without fucking up a few times. And a few times more beyond that. It can be embarrassing for sure, and you will learn from it. If you're recording your calls, which you should do, if only for training purposes, and ideally ask permission to do that, use them to listen back. And if you do have a coach, get some feedback. Let your coach listen too. I'm not saying it's not going to be uncomfortable sometimes, but it will be worth it. And very few worthwhile things were ever achieved by staying comfortable. My experience is that there are a few substitutes for picking up the phone and having a chat with someone. And once you get over the initial fears of that, you'll start to notice things like people's energy, their tone of voice, and whether what they're saying matches up with how they're saying it. Then we get onto something I consider very exciting and vital, labeling. Chris Voss talks about labeling in his popular book, Never Split the Difference, and it's a great technique. It's a technique where you don't tell somebody what they're feeling or how they sound, but rather what you're feeling and hearing as a way to check in. And I mentioned this just a bit earlier. So it's really about showing that you're listening and labeling, such as saying something like, oh, you seem a little frustrated right now, is labeling an emotion, labeling what you hear going on, and ideally labeling using words that they may be using as well. Not just the words, but also labeling the tone. And it's something that Chris calls tactical empathy. Now, I say this as someone who's been in coaching a long time, but labeling is one of the most useful coaching tools I've encountered to have a client feel heard and understood. As it's not projection or leading, but rather an opportunity for them to clarify further and feel that a mirror is being held up to them. It also encourages the coach to shut up for a bit and let people speak, remembering that both coaching and sales calls are a process of discovery. Aim to discover things, ask discovery questions, and encourage them to tell you more about anything of interest that arises. I do believe that my sales work is also helping me to become a better coach and a better communicator. And a big part of that is turning up those listening skills, tuning into verbal and emotional inconsistencies, and being able to label things and ask some challenging questions in the discovery process. It's important to be a friend to people on the calls, but the kind of friend who really wants to help and doesn't tell people what they want to hear, but what will help them the most. My only challenge to you this week is to pick up the phone and make a call, especially if you would otherwise just be tempted to email or WhatsApp them. Let's see if we can't deepen some connections and speak to each other. Uh, to wrap things up, I was fortunate enough to have Wendy Harris as a guest on my show some time back. And this is an area that she specializes in. So I'm throwing in a link in the show notes to that episode. Uh, and it's in the newsletter as well. So you can go back and take a listen to that from my previous iteration of the show as Speaking Influence. Wendy is great. I highly recommend checking her out on LinkedIn and her own podcast as well. But this is what she talks about helping people get on the phone. You'll find some gems in there as well. My recovery from illness is going well. My job is settling in nicely. And I look forward to being able to get back into a regular pattern of release with the show and with the newsletter. So do stay tuned for that. If you're not already subscribed, please do make sure you are subscribed, not just to the show, but to the newsletter as well, where you'll get some extra little bits of goodies from time to time. And of course, if you subscribe on the main newsletter channel, you'll get my free giveaway, which is my pre-podcast guest checklist. 
for the, all the things you want to make sure you check in and have ready before you go on an episode and record with someone. So do check that out and I'll look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Podfluence.